Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Meaning and Code podcast with me, Bennett, and my partner in crime, Lily. Lily hello, it hello. It's going well. How about you? Going pretty good. It's a good day. Nice. Um, yeah, today we want to talk a little bit about um, how you can advance in your career. How do you develop the next the skills that will take you to the next level of your career? Um, but before we get into that, we, I want to, you know, have a little fun here. Um, <laughs> Lily, I, I'm wondering, first of all, do you listen to music while you're like coding or thinking about something or working that on a project? A very, ooh, that is a fun question. So I usually, yes. Um, I, it's been very interesting. I don't know if like my brain chemistry has been changing. I, like, I just turned 30. Like that might have to do with the, the, cha the changes um, or just something about like TikTok brain. I don't, I don't know exactly what it has been, but I have noticed definitely certain changes in what my brain can handle in the mm. wise mm -hmm. of sometimes if I'm doing something like, um, like playing the New York times spelling bee, it's my very uh, strenuous brain workout for the day. Um, I will need to pause the music or like I, I, for so many years, yeah, I would just, quiet. Have, yeah, I would. And like for so many years, I was the opposite. I would be, I just like have a TV show that I've been watching or rewatching mm. on in the background. Oh, you're everything. a background TV person. Yeah. Or like, well, actually I like, I can't, I, I mean, if for a really long time, I was like, I can't do it. I remember I was visiting a friend and uh, like her and her mom would have like HDTV on in the background all the time. And I stopped being able to like go do things because I would just sit, I would just get so absorbed in the HDTV that my friend finally realized like, Oh, I, I need to, I'm going to turn it off. And I was like, okay, but at the end of the episode, what's going to happen next when they renovate the next? kitchen? Yeah. What's it going to look like? So I definitely like, I, I don't know if I've, if I've like lost my capacity for my brain to do the multitasking or if I just never had it and, and just was completely shutting out one, one input or the other. Okay. Well, this, really is, long time. this is a, a slight detour and tangent from the question that I was mm. going to ask you, which oh. is like, what is the music that you would put on? Okay. So that is a good question. I, I, and it does depend on the flow state, I guess. There are definitely still flow states where music really helps. It's mm. great. I really like things with like, a, a, I feel like my friend's gonna laugh at me, uh, like a strong persistent beat, which I know I, I said that to my friend once and she was like, that's every song. <laughs> what are you talking about? No, I get you though. Every you want a drum and you want drum and bass like yes. that is like, yeah. Yes, I want because then my body kind of tunes in to the the beat and the rhythm, and it kind of pulls away an element of me that I need to be thinking mm -hmm. about. It like isolates more of my brain to focus on what I'm focusing on, and so I think like that's really helpful. And then I would also recommend I I really love um, music that I that I know. Oh. Um, mm -hmm. If it like I I generally prefer music with lyrics but if i'm listening to a song that i don't know i, I can easily get distracted and be like oh i, I kind of like i like this like what is this and it totally pulls me out versus if i am listening to you know a a, a soundtrack or an album that i've listened or a playlist that i've listened to over and over and over mm. again my brain already knows the route that it's about to take um then it kind of gets into that routine as well i've very often been known to uh Un unawaring like unknowingly being uh singing I, like i just i'm just like typing and also typing just and like singing along yes, without like, having to think about well it. Yeah, yeah exactly yeah, yeah. i'm not like you know belting 
I'm just like, and then someone has to tell me to stop talking. Hey, Lily, shut up. Yep. <laughs> said many times. Oh, but yeah, funny. so what, how about you? How do you pick your, your flow music? I, I do. I often like to have music on. Um, recently, it has been less headphones and more like real speaker, which is another Ooh. maybe aspect of like the, I don't know, I, I don't have a TikTok, but of just like the attention span kind of thing. And I don't mm -hmm. know if there's something about the headphones that haven't been good for me recently. Hmm. But yeah, it's generally instrumental for me. Um, sometimes uh, I go a little jazzier with the, with the music, but I totally know what you're saying because as soon as it gets too complicated or like, you know, blaring or like arrhythmic <laughs> or something like mm. that, I'm like, oh, you pulled me out of the thing. And yeah. now I'm listening to the music instead of doing the thing that I was going to be doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. There's all sorts of like mm, mm, instrumental stuff that I would put on. Um, if I were trying to like focus and then a lot of the time too, yeah, I'll have just music on my discover weekly is like usually pretty good from Spotify. So, um, yeah, I just like listening to it, uh, sometimes in the background while I'm just like doing other things. Nice. Wow. So two very, uh, like opposite answers from us there of, of how our, how our brains work. Yeah. Huh. Well, cause you maybe don't listen to music or you listen in your headphones. I listen. Yeah. But I usually, it's, it's not, um, a preference of headphone. It's more so just like convenience. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of, um, like coding in coffee shops. Mm. I do, I do a lot, do a lot of that. Um, and I, yeah, that's like, unavoidable then. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I have a, a roommate who works from home as well so as, as, as well. Um, I don't work when I am at home. Um, but, uh, so just like, mitigating sound control not making sure i'm not like bothering the other person that lives here is important well we keep talking about music for the entire podcast we're already mm. seven minutes in. Whoopsies. <laughs> whoopsies no that's great I, I think it's fun. <laughs> um yeah i think okay so i'll give one real recommendation which is that i've been listening to uh, a guy named omar sosa he's a, a cuban mm. pianist like Ooh. you know has jazz training in his background but i would and maybe you could call him a jazz pianist but like um He's got a lot of good stuff and like including stuff that has like a nice rhythm to it mm. that you can get into. So Omar Sosa is my recommendation. Ooh, thank you. Um, thank you. Cool. Okay, let's let's jump into it because we were gonna talk yes. about the <laughs> real <laughs> the real topic what? of this episode, <laughs> which is how do you advance in your career? Basically, um at one point I, I wrote an article that said that there's you know, you start out and begin as like a coder, someone who is like writing you know, learning how to write code and writing code is the main thing that you do. But uh, eventually throughout your career, like you start to take on more and more tasks that I'll call engineering tasks, which mm. are just like kind of higher level tasks, like all the other things outside of code that software engineers do. Um, and I've gotten questions a lot about like, how do you make that transition from like someone who's just like, just starting out in your career, learning to code, how do you build those skills, start to gain some confidence and eventually transition into like more and more advanced roles. So I don't know if you have any initial thoughts that you want to share, Lily. Oh gosh. Uh, I think that this question was, was something that felt so overwhelming to me at the start of my career before I even really like had the words to describe what this question is saying, uh, because there is a very clear 
difference of like of just the tools you're going to need to be to be familiar with in order to do any coding job mm. um like so many tertiary elements that are part of the reason why you just like are not going to know what you need to know until you are on a job using their tools um but that feels so overwhelming because you can't train for that <laughs> so you can you can kind of do as much research as you can into you know there's these types of things there's queuing systems there's testing there's um like logging and maintenance like there's all these different elements that you can do research in to try and, and know or like to learn about but when you're searching for your first job or you know like one of your earlier your earlier jobs you're you're still not confident that you know the the base coding elements because mm. you've never been tested in a in a professional environment with it so it can feel very very overwhelming to think about this before your first job. So I guess, I guess I would just say like point being that if, if you're looking to get into software engineering and this is, this is an overwhelming question or idea that makes total sense. And a lot of this is on the job learning. Um, so if, if this feels like I can't even think about that right now, I would say that's okay. Yeah. I think that's, that's totally true. Um, yeah, it's totally fine if like you're not there yet. yet. Yeah. yeah. Or you're not quite comfortable with the things that you know you should know. So uh, like the, 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 you know, the first level um, of things, that's totally fine. Um, le okay. Let's take the example then of someone who's been in a role for a year or two. Mm -hmm. They know basically the tools and stuff like that. They are, I, I think you're right. Like the first level is like being able to ship code. Mm -hmm. um, like the first level is like being able to ship code with help. You know, mm, mm. the second level maybe is like being able to ship some code with autonomy, like figure out what you need to do and, and then implement it. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, let's say what's that next level, yes. right? Like what is the next thing that, uh, that people might want to think about? Gosh, I mean, I think it, it is so job dependent. Uh, like if you're thinking about this question, you're at a point in your career where you have ostensibly done the coding, you're comfortable, you're, you're feeling confident and you want to be moving forward. Um, and I feel like most, I, I, I don't know, would you agree with like most of that work is done usually in a job, not outside of a job? Oh, like, um, sorry, when you say work, you mean like what? Study, Like I guess. learning whatever yes. the next thing is? Yeah, I'd say so, because it's, it's like it's hard to replicate some of these things outside of like a company or something, you know, some team that is building software together. Right. Yeah. I mean, and I think it's it's a lot to do with what you were saying in a, a previous podcast episode of like we were just talking about um, how to learn the next thing, which is kind of like a, a like a, a square of this rectangle, if, mm -hmm. you, if you will. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it one of the things that you said that was so useful and insightful, I thought, was the idea of like adjacency is so important. Yeah. Like the next thing to learn is probably the next thing that you're, you're going to be interacting with or, or that you'll, you would be helpful for you to know how to interact with. And I think that that's kind of a root of this as well. Cause when you're thinking about getting like moving your career forward, often that's looking within your team or your organization and figuring out a way to move forward within the, the company you are already at or to bounce around of like, to get that, get them, get them money, um, which we've said before, it's going to be a lot easier going from, from one company to another. Um, but it's much harder to like get 
if you're, you know, if you're a mid-level somewhere, it's much harder to get a senior level somewhere else. Um, mm. it's, it's more lateral moves, I would say. So if you're looking to move up, it's generally, I would, I would think in a company that you're already at. And so looking at that adjacency and figuring out like, where does the company want to be moving? What value can I add, um, beyond, beyond just writing the code? Like where, what's our architecture like, where are there bottlenecks? How can I, but is there something I can look into that might be able to push us forward as a team, as an engineering department, as a company? Um, and where do those, like, where, where am I lacking in learning or like, like what creative solution can I think of that would help in that direction? That'd yeah. be my, my thought. What do you think? I think those, yeah, that's, those are great uh, points. Like being able to help the team in some type of way that, goes beyond just like taking a new ticket and doing that ticket, right? It's something, you know, that that you're helping the team to, you know, become better in some type mm. of way, right? That you're you're thinking actively about like the next level of problems kind mm -hmm. of thing. And then I would also say that there's like a large a large piece of moving up and becoming more senior as an engineer is this concept of like handling ambiguity, right? There are all sorts mm. of trade-offs that we have to make as software engineers. Um, and so when you are, you know, a, a, a junior engineer, a less experienced engineer, let's say, um, you're mostly implementing the things that the team has, hopefully the more senior engineers have decided is probably the best approach for something. But as you move up through the levels, you might find that like you're going to get more and more tasks that require you to make a judgment call mm. or to figure out what the solution should be. Um, and I think that's a totally different muscle from just like coding. That's like a totally different skill, this problem solving skill of like, okay, what, how are we going to solve this thing? Um, we know it's, we know there's a problem, but what is, what is the solution going to be? Yeah. Oh gosh. How do you, and, I, and, and to be clear, I don't have a great way to teach this or like, right. I don't have like a, a step-by-step instruction manual, but I do think that is the next step, um, is handling that, that ambiguity. Hmm. And when you're in the, the space of just taking tickets and, and doing mm. it, um, how would you do like, would, are there things that you could rec like that you would recommend of how to kind of build that space for yourself or like advocate for yourself to, to be given those opportunities or to take those opportunities? Yeah, it's, it starts small, right? Um, with like, for instance, let's say you're in backlog refinement and there's some question that the team has about some ticket that's gonna require a little bit of research. Um, usually that would go to one of the senior engineers, but you could volunteer yourself to be like, I can figure out that answer, you know? And that's like, maybe just like the small thing, right? That's the first little bit where you're just like, oh, well, uh, yeah, I'll figure out that answer before, like for the team and then and bring it back. Or, um, you know, when you have a bigger ticket, you do the research, like, I don't know, and there's something ambiguous about the ticket, you do the research required, you look into multiple different options for how to solve the problem. And then you pick one and you implement it and you, in your code review process or whatever you describe to whoever's reviewing your code, like why you picked that, um, you know, that solution. So like, th that's where I would start. And then from there, like if people start to kind of trust your judgment and, and notice that you're thinking about these types of things, you'll find that like, 
more and more people will be like, could you help us figure this one out too? You know, like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like I, like, small, I, I want to like small caveat on that of just if, uh, if you're feeling like there's two very different structural choices that like you are not sure would advocate for talking to someone about it before making a large sure. decision for your company. Sure. If it's a, if it's a super big decision and it's going to take you a while to go down one route or the other, yeah. then, then that's definitely worth chatting with someone about. <laughs> um, but when you do bring your thoughts of like, your research, I'm, I'm yeah. tending to prefer this one and here's why. Can you see any pitfalls uh, of, of picking that approach? Yeah, Absolutely. And then from there, that the whole handling of ambiguity thing, like this, the whole kind of next level of your career is about leading entire projects to fulfillment, right? Like we've got this business requirement that we want to build some new thing. How do we get multiple teams of engineers working together to solve this problem and coordinate it and, you know, yeah. take it and all relinquish, the work. relinquish control over a lot yeah, of that ambiguity exactly. at that point. Um, yeah. yeah, a lot of the work is like helping to scope out what it's going to look like but then leaving it up to the to the engineers who implement it to yeah to actually do it. Yeah. Oh man. But that <laughs> is kind of like the next level, right? Where you're just like now you are spending less and less time doing the coding thing and more mm -hmm. and more time thinking high level about like how are we going to solve this business problem. Yeah. Yeah. That is that is so interesting. I wonder we've talked before a little bit about how in engineering it can be difficult to be super tuned into like the mission or the successes of the company. Mm -hmm. Um, but I wonder if that becomes less true, the, the higher up in the hierarchy you get, because you are thinking about more business requirements in that way. Yeah. When you think of that, you know, the job description of, uh, if you hear the, the job title of principal engineer or architect or, you know, some other high senior title, right? Like you would expect that person to be pretty tapped in like to exactly what the company's strategy is and like what oh, yeah. the executives want because like you don't, you don't get you to that be. job title without like, <laughs> without like a, 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 an understanding of like what is valuable to the company. Yeah. 100%. Which is an interesting question of like, well then how do you hire, like if you're hiring a principal engineer who's coming in, I mean, that goes back to something else we talked about recently of like your first three months on the job. Like it's very different. Your first three months on the job as a principal engineer is going to be very different <laughs> from your first three months on the job as a junior. Uh, but I imagine it, it is the same things that we talked about of like, it's a lot of observing. It's a lot of asking questions and not being afraid to look stupid. And a lot of, of, of like talking about what is happening versus what you know and seeing where, where those distinctions are. Yeah, yeah, hmm. exactly. It's like a lot of high level. Wow. Yeah, conversations and like, why is it this way kind of things, um, which can happen like it can happen at any level, right? That could happen at the code level. Like if you're like a new, oh, yeah. uh, less experienced engineer and you're like, why does the code look like this? And it can also <laughs> happen like if you can, if you're hired as a principal engineer or a staff engineer and, and it's, you know, why did we make these architectural decisions? Like, why are we using this service versus this? Like all those trade-offs too are, are great questions to ask. Yeah, 100%. And, and I will say, Lily, I think maybe, maybe you are right that like promotions tend to happen within a company, mm -hmm. but I have seen 
a few times where people get hired at a higher mm. level than what they left the previous company. Ooh. Do you have any So it's possible. Do you have any insights or thoughts as to like what when that's successful versus when it's not? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, it, 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 it depends on the company. Mm-hmm. Highly depends on the company. Um, depends on your ability to interview well and convince them that you can operate at that new level. Yeah. Um, depends what you were doing at your old company. And maybe mm-hmm. there's a case you could make for like, I was working at a senior engineer level. They just hadn't given me the, the title yet. The title yet. And that's part of the reason why I'm leaving or whatever, you know, like there's all sorts yeah. of ways that you could train your tri- yeah. tricky line to, to walk of like, I'm not bitter about it though. <laughs> Everything's great. <laughs> I mean, I am looking for a new job. So. Yes. I'm looking for a new job, but I'm not going to be uh, unpleasant when I join your team. <laughs> right, exactly. I was just talking to a friend of mine as a recruiter and she, she mentioned that like occasionally it's, it, it's tricky when like it's, it's, it's a red flag for a recruiter when you ask, you know, why someone is leaving and they're like, Oh, cause like this job sucks or cause of whatever. Um, it can be really tricky to find that line of like, you want to be truthful. Like you are looking for a new job. Obviously there's a reason. Um, but, uh, if you're, uh, it was interesting of like if you're if you're bringing unpleasantness into how you're talking about your current job um there that that can be like a red flag of of how you're gonna talk about or think about yeah. your new yeah. job it's a it's a tree it's not it's not for this episode i guess to get into that but yeah we could do a whole another episode yep. on what to say to recruiters <laughs> And a and whole other one say. on what not to say. Yes, exactly. yes. That's mm-hmm. so funny. <laughs> well, okay. So I do want to spend like the last few minutes mm. kind of wrapping it up, but tying it back to maybe the the purpose of this podcast, right? Mm. Which is like, we call it meaning and code. And mm-hmm. like, how could, you know, and now it sounds like this podcast is telling you to climb the corporate ladder, which... <laughs> um, I, I, I don't want it to come off that way, but I do want to stress the fact that um, for some people, maybe not for everybody, the job gets more interesting mm. um, and compelling when you are coordinating entire projects across teams, when you're invest- doing problem solving for an ambiguous you know, business requirement, like those higher level kind of engineering level tasks um, can are like almost a different job than the thing that is like the lower level coding tasks. Um, and it's okay. You can like either one, you can really, really love coding. Um, and I'm sure there's a career path for you to like get to, you know, be an individual contributor, really stay in the lane of like, yeah, like stay in the technical. And then there's also a a path where you're like really focused on like coordinating teams and helping solve ambiguous problems and like, you know, working with stakeholders. Mm -hmm. Um, and that can be great for some people too. But, and I think like, in either case, like it's not about climbing the corporate ladder so much <laughs> as it is like finding something that makes you feel valued. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Finding something that makes you feel valued and that, that you can be okay coming to work every day and doing for, and like, if you're getting to principle, if you're getting that high level for a lot of years, <laughs> you gotta be comfortable doing it for a lot of years to get to that point for sure. Right. Exactly. Mm. Well, cool. Um, yeah. anything else we should add Lily, while we're wrapping it up? Um, I was just also thinking uh, on top of that, like, and also your answer to that can change. 
Sure. Yeah. Of like, yeah, it's it's okay. It's okay for it to 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 change. Wow, what a lovely segue! I'm sure in our next episode we'll be talking <laughs> oh. a little bit about how your how you might change and how you might uh, feel hmm. differently about different things at different points in your career. So. Intriguing. The the intrigue. <laughs> yes. So come back to that episode, everybody. Yeah. But thank you for joining us today, and uh, hope you all enjoyed it. Yeah. Thanks so much, everyone. Bye.